Good day, all listeners. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God podcast. I am Quentin, the media specialist behind Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I just wanted to take this moment to welcome each and every one of you and thank each and every one of you all for listening in. If you're new, Creating a Prayer Culture for God is simply a podcast where we're teaching, preaching, and dissecting the Word of God and truly establishing what it is to have a prayer culture and to live a prayer culture. Um, We preach and teach the Word of God. We talk Jesus, some more Jesus, and a whole lot of extra Jesus. So I just wanted to welcome you all to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I truly hope that you enjoy it. And for your listening pleasure, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, you name it, it's available. So tune in each and every day for new episodes. Welcome again. Just want to be 
more than just an ordinary servant. God, we want to be more than enough to you. We want to be more than, Lord God, what is common and what is not. We just want to be all that you want us to be this morning. And you say you're seeking for such that will worship you, God. You're seeking for such that will worship you with respect. Lord God, hallelujah, Lord, spirit and in truth. So Holy Ghost, enable us this morning. We pray this morning the way Jesus always taught us to pray in this matter. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. All belongs to you. So, Holy Ghost, we ask you this morning, amen, to just help us this morning uh, to keep the crown and the glory that's on our head, to keep it in place this morning, that we look like our Father, we sound like our Father everywhere we go, that there's a light that's shining through us, that men will see that light shining, and they will see us like a city on a hill that cannot be hid, that they too will come and follow him. They too will come and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. So we give you the praise, glory, and honor. Thank you for all those that have come this morning on this line. Thank you for all our podcast listeners out there. Thank you for those 40 platforms, the new platforms of yesterday. We thank you that even now there are ears out there, there's hearts out there, there are minds out there, they're thinking, they're contemplating this morning. We're praying, Holy Ghost, that you call something back to somebody to remember that it's good, so that people will be able this morning to lift their eyes into the hill and we come at their help began to look toward heaven and the north and just began to think on things that are above, things that are good and honest and true and lovely and pure, things that be of a good report, that if there be any praise, there be any virtue, that they'll think on those things. Give us strength this morning in our mind and ability to bring our thoughts in agreement and line up with your will concerning us because we don't want our thoughts to just be ordinary, separated, Lord God, from the east towards the east is from the west. We want them to be in agreement with your will and your will is a perfect will and you only send down perfect and good blessings this morning. So we look to you, the author, finish and develop our faith this morning and we declare that our souls are blessed this morning. We declare that our minds are blessed, our lives are blessed, our souls, our spirits, our hearts this morning, Lord God, because we have the love of the Father that has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost and we thank you, Lord God. We're purified and sanctified this morning, Lord God. Amen, because you said now by this faith, hope, and love these three, but the greatest of these is love. Fill us up this morning with love for the brethren. Fill us up this morning with love for the things of God. Fill us up this morning to love that which is good, Lord God, and forsake that, Lord God, which is evil and wicked. So we thank you this morning for sanctifying us, purifying us, setting us aside, consecrating us this morning, Lord God, for peace, for the mouth of youth. We consider ourselves rendered dead this morning, Lord God, cheap for the slaughter as we stand before you this morning, Father God, as clay, and you be the part of all this shape of this morning. Let your word fall on good ground this morning. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, eyes to behold, one of the things of your salvation this morning. We thank you this morning. We praise you for the victory that comes through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning that the blood of Jesus is still yet making us home and covering us. We thank you that even this morning you watch us and sanctify us this morning, Lord God, with the blood of Jesus right now. Let it be applied to every life, anybody that's on this line this morning that's going through, Father. We just pray this morning and that, 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 that you would confidence strengthen them this morning. We give it the praise. We give it the glory. We give it honor. We know that it did not come from you. So, Father, it does not belong. So we thank and praise you this morning. Take it away from each and every one of us. Take it away to wait and replace it with your glory this morning. We give you all the praise and glory. Hallelujah, Lord God, for your name's sake. We gather this morning. Be with us this morning, Lord, as we place a crown on your head of glory and honor because you are our King of kings and Lord of lords. And we bow before you this morning. We acknowledge you. 
morning. We give thanks to you. We give praise to you. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name, and I have your way. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning just for a few minutes. Uh, I want you to go over to the book of Revelation. Amen. Just last night when I was worshiping the Lord, uh, playing those two little songs about crowning him with glory and honor and, and, and praise. And uh, he just blessed my socks off last night. And I, I, I just stayed with him. He just let him just purify and sanctify and just wash me down real, real good. Amen. Amen. Because I want to be more than just an ordinary servant. Amen. He just began to speak to me. And, and, and a word just, just kind of came in the midst of all of that. And it was, it was, uh, the word was assurance, amen, because, you know, we used to sing this song, Blessed Assurance, you know, you know, Jesus is mine, you know, what a foretaste, you know, of, you know, glory divine. And so I just got to thinking about that word, amen, and, and we're living in such an unstable and unbalanced time right now where it's so easy sometimes to have your crown knocked off your head and, and kind of lose focus of the glory of the Lord that is constantly being revealed, Paul wrote over in the book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 18, he says that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, they are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so the Lord knows that, that you know, that he, he's got the Father's glory that's been revealed to him because he's been glorified back to the right hand of the Father. But the concern is always my children in the earth beneath, you know, do we, do we realize too that the Lord is always mindful of us. That's why he sent his son to die for us. Amen. So he's always mindful of us. And he's always mindful of us. So what kind of stewards we're being over our salvation and over our, you know, over our, our, the fact that we've been made whole before him. We've been washed in the blood. We've been cleansed. And he's always watching over his creation to seeing how much we forget of what the Lord has already done for us. And, and sometimes it hinders what he wants to do for us in the current presence situation, you know, circumstance, and sometimes we lose sight of, you know, that we're on our way somewhere, we're going somewhere, we're just in this world, we don't, we're not a part of this world, we're just in this world, we're sojourners, the scriptures say, just passing through, and we're on our way to be with Jesus one day, you know, and so he, he just sits there on the throne and he looks at us, and so we don't, you don't want us to ever forget that, you know, there are going to be trials and tribulations in this world, but we got to Sometimes I won't say force ourselves, we got to teach ourselves and train ourselves and let God mold us to be those kinds of people that will always do what Jesus they do in this world that you live in. He said there will be trials and there will be tribulations. And so that's a good time, the Lord says, to remind, to remind me and remind yourself and reflect, amen, on what I said do at that time. Put me in remembrance of it so I can come and shower you with a fresh anointing that will destroy that new yoke off of your life, that, that new thought that just try to come into your head, that try to infiltrate that, that, that attack, that error, that try to attack your feelings and your emotions, and, and just try to get you distracted from, you know, making you feel ordinary again. And so he, he's always working out his plan of salvation for us. He's always refreshing and renewing and reviving. He's always sending his word, amen, to revive us and to give us life. He's always sending his word and he said it's right there I want you to look around and find my word and I want you to eat my word because I want my word to bring joy and rejoicing into your heart and into your mind and so he's always there to give us a reminder so we can remind him of Lord what you said this is what you said about the situation and circumstances so we can stop uh, you know uh, reckoning that word reckoning means to compare what I'm going through what I'm feeling at the moment comparing that to the glory 
glory that he says shall be revealed. As you see these two piles standing before you sometimes, it's got all those things, man, that are bothering you and affecting you. And then you got this pile over here, man, that you ain't seen yet. It hasn't been revealed, but you know the glory is there. You know God is about to fulfill his word in your life. You know he's constantly doing it. He's reminding us. He's bringing it to our remembrance so we can put it in him and remember of what he said. And before you know it, he'll just reach over and take that lid off and say, see that my glory is still there. My glory is still there because I'm still the pot and you still the clay. I'm still working on you. And if I begin a good work in you, hey, I will continue to perform that work. Amen. Until the day I come and redeem you out of there. So at that moment, we ought to begin to feel like I am the redeemed of the Lord and I can say so at that moment. And so this is this, this just a moment right now. We can say so as the redeemed of the Lord that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from the things of the world. I've been redeemed from all of my feelings and emotions. And you just can't kill a dead man anymore. Once he's dead, he's dead. So those things are dead in me, even though sometimes my mind, you know, constantly need to be renewed and reminded of those things. So that I can keep my mind, you know. It's one thing to have your mind on at one moment, but then all of a sudden you take your mind off it. But I'm working to be able to keep my mind. I don't want to just be an ordinary servant. I want to be one to keep my focus and keep my mind. I want to be able to live in the fixation of keeping my mind stayed on the Lord. I want to live and operate and function as a pastor, man, more than just an ordinary servant, you know. But I want my mind to be fixated on him. I want it to be dug in. I want it to be fortified. I want to have my own stronghold up to the walls are so high, man, that other thoughts can't come in and exalt themselves above the knowledge of who he is this morning. Hey, man, want to die to all those feelings daily. want to learn what it's like, man, to die daily. want to learn what it's like, man, hey, to be put to death daily, man, to all those feelings and all those emotions, man. And sometimes when you think you were there, I thought I was there, man. The Lord comes right back, man, and says, see how ordinary you are. But that's okay. I'm not telling you that to knock you down and put you down. I'm telling you that to let you know that there's still work. There's still improvement. There's still growing. There's still maturing because I don't want you to get high-minded. And I don't want nothing to get high in your mind. I want you to stay humble, my God, because a broken heart and contrite spirit, that's the kind of sacrifice he says I will not despise. And so we give God praise this morning. So I've been a, I've been assured this morning, which is part of faith. When you're walking by faith, there's a thing you have to remember. God has a, a certain level of assurance. Now, insurance is something you can buy. And if you buy it, don't keep the payment up. You might lose it and you have no coverage. But when God assures you of a thing, you better believe it. If he saves you, you save. If God heals you, you heal. If God gives it to you, it has a, a permanent effect on you. Amen. If you continue in it, if you continue to remind God, if you continue to search it out, if you continue, man, to just fix it and fixate your mind on it, I'm here to tell you, my God, if you continue therein, once you look into that perfect law of liberty, as James wrote in James, the first chapter, verse 25, he said in 27 through 27, he says, you look in that perfect law of liberty and continue therein, because I'm trying to work some things out, but I'm trying to work some things in, too. Come on, somebody. Yeah, my God. Other times we thank God, just want to, want to cast everything. I want to get rid of things. But he said, hey, once I clean that house, man, I want to work some things in there, too. I want to put some new furniture in there. I want to put some new wallpaper in there. I want to put something new in there so that when people walk by, they see that's a city sitting on the hill. Can't be here. God has been there. He's visited there. He did some work. It just sounds like the Lord is up in there. And he says at that time right there, you know, it's so that the men and women of God can be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. Amen. So we just thank the Lord this morning. Amen. So I got this word assurance from him in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, man, he says, you know, when, when you're assured of a thing, you don't
don't ever have to worry about a cancellation because you you just have to learn how to walk by it because that's what faith is. Faith is that assurance. And mom and them used to think blessed assurance because they were blessed that they walked by faith and not by sight. And so I'm talking to somebody this morning. The Lord wants you to be assured of his promises, his precious promises. He wants you to be assured that he has begun a good work in you this morning and he's not finished with us yet. We're still the clay and he's still the potter. He wants us to know this morning that I'm still molding and shaping and making you. And he says, look, I have not lost sight of this world. I know that this world, I know that this world is full of chaos. And I know that this world is full of hardship and difficulty and struggles and pain and suffering. He said, but like I told you, I'm telling them, I keep telling them, look at here, don't you be comparing the sufferings of this present time because they are but light afflictions. You have to remember I was beaten. You have to remember I was they, 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 they did horrible things to me, but I didn't give up. I didn't take my mind off the prize or the goal. It was that I had to die in order to purchase your salvation. I had to die in order to purchase your forgiveness. I had to die in order to purchase your stripes so that you could be healed. I had to suffer all the way to the point of death as the son of man, but I rose again. Don't you forget, I rose again. And when I rose, I rose with your victory. When I rose, my God, I rose that you might praise me, that you may treat me like I'm king of kings and lord of lords. Where my chosen people denied and rejected me, I told I told my servants to go out. I told them, don't be an ordinary servant. Don't just go do it to the Jews. Now that they that that's ordinary, that's what's expected. But I want you to go offer it to the Gentiles. Now I want you to go in the highways, the places where they hang out at. I want you to be concerned the things that they're going through. I want you to go share it. I want you to take an invitation and tell them that where they've been invited to the wedding feast. I want you to go and tell them I, I want them to be my bride too. Where others fail me, I want to do a new thing right now. I want a new culture to be to, to come forth out of this. Don't you know that the children of this age are more wiser than the children of life? Look at them over there rejecting me. Look at them denying me. Look at them going after other gods. Look at them making idols unto me. Look at them calling me something else than what I am. I said I am that I am. Look at them calling me Buddhist. Look at them calling me Muhammad Elijah. Look at them calling me all these other things. Look at them bowing down and worshiping those things. Look at them. It's an abomination before me because I said, have no other God before me. I'm the one and only true and the living God. There is no other God. I'm the one that's exalted. I'm the one that's high and lifted up. I'm the one that can save the world. I'm, I'm the line of the tribe of Judah. I am the most high God. I'm El Shaddai, God Almighty of blessings. I am the breasty one. I am the starving creator and Lord in, 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 in the midst of all these other gods, all these other things that you worship. And I would have none of it, says the Lord. I am that I am. I'm high. I'm exalted. I'm lifted up. I have exalted my name and my word above all dust. And I have magnified my word above all my name. Come and appear before me and bless my holy name, says the Lord. Come and bow before me and honor and reverence and humble yourself before the hand of Almighty God. And I will exalt you in due time. I'll showcase my glory. I'll take the lid off when I'm ready for my glory to come forth, says the Lord. And so I'm just excited this morning because of that assurance that he's given us. And so I want to go into the book of Revelation this morning, chapter 14. We've been here before in this book, and as always, we're not finished with it. So it's amazing how God sometimes takes us back to remind us of the things that we should be assured of in the midst of all that's going on, trying to steal and rob our attention. There were four significant things in this book that we're going to try to cover this morning. Not this one, we'll get them in the morning. There are seven significant things in here, and I love the number seven because it deals with completion.
perfection or perfection. And God wanted us to have perfect assurance this morning, blessed assurance, that perfect assurance that what he said is what we need to be more concerned about <clears throat> and not looking at so much what's going on around us and getting stuck there. But just do a quick analysis and a quick comparison and understand what Paul was telling them. Rome was big when Paul was telling them that they had a lot of activity going on at the time. There was a lot of running around trying to please Caesar. Everybody was afraid of Caesar. It's just like right now. You got everybody running around like chicken with their head cut off. They're afraid of what's going to happen. There's a new breakout over here. They thought they got it over here. Now it's going to come back over here. You got people still telling lies about it. There's still marketeering going on out there. There's still all kinds of under, you know, under culture stuff that's going on right now. People still end up being hurt right now. And you got good people trying to do good things. and They're being threatened this morning. You, you know, you got gender issues. You got ego issues. You got all this management and mismanagement and misinformation and too much information, wrong information. It's just like Rome was back in that day, man, when Paul wanted to assure them that, hey, I reckon, I reckon, hold it, stop for a minute. I reckon there's a difference here. There's a distinction here. Come on, you know, you're, you're more than just ordinary. When God bless you, you're blessed. He want to bless us because he sees us as his very own. And so you got a lot of activity going on now that they had back then. Amen. And the way you respond to that activity is a, a, a reflection. The way you respond to consequences and situations and circumstances, it's going to bring out a reflection of what's in your heart. Amen. And if you have a pure uh, uh, a word of God inside of you, you ought to let that word speak to you so you can remind God of that word. That God, you said I'm blessed in the city. You said I'm blessed in the field. You said I'm blessed coming, going, getting up, laying down in my body, in my store. You said that, and you said if I would hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that you commanded me to do this day, that these blessings in this book will come upon me. And i got to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what it comes down to, is i got to believe that if I start comparing this with that and tit for tat, I'm never going to be able to move God's kingdom agenda. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stagnated and stuck. Amen. And when that happens, you start to say things based on how you feel. And sometimes how you feel, man, ain't the way it really is. You just got to understand that and, and cast those feelings to the side, man. Just I cast those feelings down, and I declare the victory of the Lord over my feelings right now because they're not even worthy to be compared with the glory God is about to reveal to me because he takes us from faith to faith, from strength to strength, to glory to glory, and you know my story, amen. And so we give God praise. I want to go over these seven levels of assurance in this passage that God has given us just to remind us this morning because that's what faith is, and we're not going to be successful if we walk by sight and not by faith. And the word of God is what brings us faith. According to Romans ten seventeen, it says, you know, we, we, we receive favor. It comes by hearing the word. And that, that word hearing, that means a springing forward. It means a revelation comes. I'm sitting here trying to compare this with that and tip with that. I'm looking at what's going on in the world, man. All of a sudden, my thinking is ordinary about it. But I'm not your ordinary servant. I know how to process these things. I know, man, that God is still in control. Those are not just fancy words. If you believe God is in control, as you see these things, man, don't be moved by what you see. Don't walk by what you see. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Hold on to those precious promises that God made us. And he said, I'll see you through. Listen to what he said. I'll see you through. I'll see you through. I'll see you through. As you began to put me in remembrance of my word, I'll make a way where there is no way. And if you feel so tempted that you got to throw in the towel and give up, he said, look, you're common just like anybody else. I tempted 
I don't tempt no man nor am I tempted by evil. I'm not moved to stop being who I say I am and forget my precious promises to you. Satan is the one that tries to tempt you to doubt me. But I test your faith because I want you to be found faithful as I'm bringing you through the storm, as I'm bringing you through the fire. It's going to be all right. There may be some terminus as we walk through this life, y'all. It's okay because, yea, though you walk through the battle of the shadow of death, we're to fear no evil because God didn't give us the spirit of evil. We're to fear no evil for the Lord our God is with us. He's already gone before us and prepared the way for our coming. He's a way maker, y'all, in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's a promise keeper. Come on. He's the light of the world. He's our God, y'all. He'll show us the way because he is the way, the truth, and the light. And I want to speak to your assurance this morning or your light thereof. Amen. Not your insurance, but your assurance. And let you know, my God, that God has assured us with these precious promises that he don't leave us up a because He's with us even until the end of the age. And I'm going to tell you what they used to tell us. Everything going to be all right. Come on, somebody. After a while, about everything going to be all right. The sun is going to shine again, y'all. Come on, somebody. And we just want to be more than an ordinary servant this morning. We want to be assured this morning. So let's go here real quick and look at these seven assurances. Let me read them to you just in case I don't get through this whole chapter. But that's my goal. The first one is there is an assurance that we as the redeemed of the Lord we're going to be with Jesus because we're with him right now. And if we can just hold on and endure to the end, we can't let nothing come, knock our crown off, knock our glory off, and we forget that we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we should often say so as a reminder to God that we didn't forget and that we reminded ourselves, too, that we are the redeemed of the Lord and the redeemed of the state. So that's the number one insurance right there. Number two insurance this morning is that the gospel is going to be preached to the whole world before Jesus comes back. So don't freak out when you start looking and saying, oh, man, the world must be coming to an end. We had a terrible storm last night. We had a terrible this, terrible that. Some people died over there in that state and over there in that state. Man, the signs of the times, the world is coming to an end. We'll get stuck and we'll start, all we'll start saying, these must be the signs of the time. Come on, somebody. But look at what Jesus said. There was a gospel being preached during these times. Have you seen that sign? Have you seen that sign? Have you seen the opportunity for the gospel to preach? Have you preached it or shared it with anybody? During these times that we say are the signs of the times, the world is coming to an end. We don't think like that. We're not your ordinary servant. We know what the word because we've been with the Lord, so we got to assure people, hey, look at here, heaven and earth will pass away like you said. You know, this flesh is going to expire one day, but his word will never pass away. It'll never pass away. That's the second assurance. The third assurance, my God, is just right here, is that, you know, there is such a godless state, godless state of man and his affairs right now because man is trying to govern the affairs of mankind, humanity I call it, without any instructions from the word of God, without any instructions from any man or woman, I'm talking about a true man or woman of God that can advise in these times. And so what we find is this, it's like when the Lord allowed Babylon to take his people into captivity because they didn't want to listen to the counsel of God, they didn't want to listen to the wisdom of God. They wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to go and align themselves with the Assyrian gods because they had big horses, they had big chariots. They, you know, they thought that these people had some power, so they went and abandoned the temple worship. They went and abandoned the invisible god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they went after other gods, you know, and worshipped them. And the Lord allowed them to go into Babylonian captivity, Amen, to teach them that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That was the other assurance that they had forgotten. But here's what brought the problem on. It was this. It was that they did not realize 
really how miserable of a state they were in spiritually. There's so much spiritual ignorance going on out here right now, spiritual illiteracy going on out here right now. Just because people say, Lord, Lord, and I know God and I go to church, do not mean that they have an intimate relationship with him. Does not mean that they're acquainted with him in his ways. Does not mean that they really know God. They may know of him, but they deny the power. So he's letting them see right here, not only am I going to do this to turn your heart back to me, the teacher that man shall not live by bread alone by every word of the mouth of God. But I'm also trying to reveal to you just how godless you are, just what a state of, of ungodliness and unrighteousness that you're in right now. And so he was doing a, a, a two for two, one there, and he was letting them see how powerless, y'all hear me here, how powerless that their religion, their created systems of religion are when it comes down to a pandemic, an epidemic, or anything that where we need the only the power of God can come in and shake us loose from it. He's letting us see right now just like he let them see. But he's giving us a blessed assurance, amen, that when he exposes how ungodly we are as a society of people and how much we lean to what we think is right to try to solve spiritual problems, don't even recognize we're in a spiritual war, can't use spiritual weapons because you're not familiar with them, can't even see that there's high things all around us trying to exalt themselves calling it this, calling it that, looking back at a model in history, looking at what they're doing in another place. Look to the help which come into your help. The help comes from the Lord. Maybe when we do that, fix our eyes on God, we might see just how spiritually bankrupt we are and understand we're perishing for a lack of knowledge and we have no vision to get us out of it because we're taking our lead from the wrong place. The church should be the city that sits on the hill. The men and women of God should be the ones Amen. That's providing light right now. And sometimes you may not get the physical opportunity to, but you ought to speak a word of hope and promise out there in the atmosphere. Come on with your anointed self, man, that God will not let that word come back forward. We got to know his word so we can speak it out there, put it out there. We got to come on, crown him with glory. Now, don't forget that he sits on the throne. He's the high priest advocate right now. He's interceding right now. We got the Holy Ghost in us. He's interceding right now with moaning and groaning. We mourn with him. We groan with him. Come on, we lament with them because we know God has made us precious promises. And we're praying right now that man would see his reckless, his, 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 his gut-wrenching, reckless hatred that's going on out there right now. Hate life, hate people, you know, don't want to do the right thing. Don't want to bow down. So full of proud, pride, pride. Don't want to bow down because the Bible says before fall, you always see a lot of pride. And we're seeing it right now, selfishness right now. But God is trying to let us be just how ungodly we are. And that's why he said that my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Don't you become ungodly. Don't you go by the ways of the world. Don't you try to use those weapons. Amen. But we know the weapons of our warfare, they're mighty through God, that are pulling down a stronghold. And that my people, my God, would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and seek my faith. He said, look, and pray, I will forgive your sins and I'll heal your land, says God. So that's the third assurance. The fourth assurance is this, that they'll will be justice. God will always do uh, righteous indignation when he needs to. There'll always be justice. I'm not talking about that crooked stuff they got in the courts, the Supreme Court right now, the highest land, courts in the land. I'm not talking about that. They mess that up royally sometimes. They show favoritism. They play politics. But there is a there is a government that'll be no end to it that comes from God, his government. There should be no end because his justice is a righteous justice, and it's always right what God does. It's always just and it's always right. Amen. And so he, he's, he's the one that would judge man. He's the one. We don't judge nothing before it's time. He's judging some things right now. Amen. You're not judging it the way that he's capable of judging, but he's judging some things right now because he's, his judgments are teaching us how to look back to God, turn back to God, and it's starting at the household of faith right now. You know, that's, 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 
because of this epidemic. It's because of this. It's because the president gave an order for it to stop. No, 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 no. When God waves his hands over mess man and says, enough is enough, it will stop. Man may try to take the credit, but we know what the scriptures say. We know who's in control, who's in charge. We know. We know who's trying to get whose attention right now. Come on, somebody. The president could kill us if he got your attention. He just wanted everybody, the Lord, to praise on him, man. But I'm telling you, we put the crown on his head this morning. The Lord of lords and king of kings, we bow before him. We don't want to be no ordinary servant where we just serve government and we never serve the higher government. We never serve the righteous king of kings and lord of lords. Come on, somebody. My focus is way beyond D.C. right now. I'm going to cast my vote when the time comes. But I got my trust, my confidence, and my assurance, and my belief, and my dependence and reliance is on him who never changes. So let's look at the fifth assurance that we have from him. Amen. Praise God. There will be a lot of death, the Lord told me. When man is left to himself, it creates a lot of death. When man leads left to himself to try to decide the fate of people, to govern people without God, there will be a lot of death as a consequence. And the Lord said, do not forget that as man is allowing death to take place, do not forget I'm the God who gives life and I can take it away. Just because people die at the hand of man's ignorance does not mean that God has forgotten or forsaken them. Amen. God could have had a conversation with them at the end and he could have reminded them. They could have thought Jesus. I remember my, my oldest brother when he was about to pass and I went to see him and I was praying for God to raise him up. He said, Pastor, I'm good because you prepared me. You and Pastor Sherman and ministers prepared me for this moment. And I saw Jesus come in the room last night about midnight. He told me that everything was going to be all right, that he had come for me, and there was nothing that was going to stop me from going with him. And so we don't really know what that last-minute conversation is like. And so we should not be afraid when people die and freak out like we've never seen death before. If you live, you're going to see death. But the, the issue is that we die in Christ, so we be dead, yet shall we gain. And so he's letting us know, man, that the other assurance is, is that death will be a time of rest and it will be rewarded if you die in Christ. That's a blessed assurance right there. You know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And then there's that sixth assurance uh, in this chapter, if we get around to it. He says that the glorious harvest of the, of, of the godly will take place. There is a lot of people going to be saved by what's going on right now. Some are getting saved as we speak this morning. Some are going to get saved if we come back to worship today. Some are going to get saved because they're out there listening to this podcast. They may be speaking and trying not let everybody know they're seeking God this morning, but that's okay. God has a way to get people's attention. And he says, look, man of God, I'm the Savior, not you. You just lift me up. You just spread the gospel. You spread the good news. You keep doing what you're doing. Amen. And don't be distracted. Because when my word go out, just like I said through my prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, just so shall my word be now, y'all. What time is it? Good day, all listeners. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God podcast. I am Quentin, the media specialist behind Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I just wanted to take this moment to welcome each and every one of you and thank each and every one of you all for listening in. If you're new, Creating a Prayer Culture for God is simply a podcast where we're teaching, preaching, and dissecting the Word of God and truly establishing what it is to have a prayer culture and to live a prayer culture. Um, We preach and teach the word of God. We talk Jesus, some more Jesus, and a whole lot of extra Jesus. So I just wanted to welcome you all to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I truly hope that you enjoy it. And for your listening pleasure, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, 
Google Podcast, you name it, it's available. So tune in each and every day for new episodes. Welcome again.
So we see these assurances that God has given us. Let's go back over the, uh, the first verse in chapter 14. And he says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the mount, Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their forehead. I told you God's raising up a new culture. He raised up one then, and he's raising up one now. Amen. And he's doing a new thing, and he's already planned a new future. I am doing a new thing, says the Lord, as he said through the prophet Isaiah in the, in the 43rd chapter. Verse 2, he says, and I heard a voice. You got to hear that voice, y'all. And he got to hear our voice. And we know, you know, that he is ours and we belong to him. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps in the midst of all this chaos. Yes, other night we were thinking about canceling wisdom call, but we heard a voice that no, just kind of see how it's going to play out. And we watched the weather. We heard the thunder. We heard the lightning. We had others on the phone telling us they heard it. They heard it. But we heard a different voice that said, don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. Don't cancel it in the midst of it. And before you know it, the storm passed, the light stayed on, and people started calling in, and we went ahead on and had our service, even Wednesday night. And so sometimes in the midst of the storm, you got to be quiet, be still, and listen for the voice of the Lord and do only what God tells you to do. This is the case right now, y'all. We have an assurance from God. We have a blessed assurance from God. Our hope is in him. And he says, look, I know my thoughts towards you. They're not even the thoughts of peace. They're good thoughts to give you a hope and a future, to give you a hope and a future. I have an expected end plan for you. And it's not going to be disaster. You know, it's not going to be self-destruction. You know, you know, keep your hope in me. I'm in control. I got this in control. Cast all your cares upon me and I'll exhort you in due time. Don't you be distracted by all of this. Get your mind fixated on what I've assured you I would do. My promise of precious. I'm not a man that I should lie to you. If I said it, I'm going to make it good. I promise you, I will bring my word to pass. I've given you seven assurances that God has given us as we go through this time that we're living in. But we are the sheep of his pastor. And he said, the sheep of my pastor shall know my voice and another voice that will not follow. I don't care what kind of information, promising information, what kind of PhD the person got on their name when they give you some information, all that information right there, if it's not the word of God, there's no obligation from God to use that to do anything. If he chooses to, to God be the glory. But he said, put me in remembrance of my promises. Put me in remembrance of what I see. I watch over my word. I watch over my word. The one that we crown king of kings and lord of lords, I watch over my word. I watch over my word. I watch over my word. I told every prophet, what did I say? Put me in remembrance of what I see. And they foretold what I said. They gave the people the blessed assurance and the hope that God had given them. And he said, this is the foundation. This is it, Peter. Flesh and blood did not reveal this. Washington, D.C. did not send this out by way of a press message. This has always been that a prophet foretold of this. That unto us a child was going to be born, a son was going to be given. Come on, somebody. His name was going to be called Wonderful Counsel, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And if it's government, there'll be no end. As they're building theirs, I'm building mine. And we're going to see which one. Well, which one is going to last. All this stuff you see man building, it's going to come down because it does not have any permanent anything with it. They'll be right back here next year in the same thing, acting the same way. But if you look to me, the author finishing the stuff of your faith, <coughs> your 
find out I've given you blessed assurance. I've given you precious promises. I've given you benefits. I've given you hope and a future I got planned for you. And so don't you be moved by these present situations, these light afflictions. But put your hope in me. Put your confidence in me. Rely on me. Depend on me. Be assured that I'm not a man that I should lie. If I said it, I'm going to make it good. I'm going to establish it with every generation. I will bring it to pass, says the Lord. Says the Lord. And he goes on here to let them know, you know, he said, hey, you know, Jesus is going to be with that 144,000 as they're praising and worshiping and honoring him and crowning him. We just want to join in with them, man, and put a crown on his head like they're doing, practice and rehearsing. We say we're in full dress rehearsal. We're, we're acting out what we're going to do when we finally make our transition. So we might as well act like it now. We might as well carry on like we're in heaven already. I tell people that all the time. Get in the bed. I think I died and went there. But I'm going to have me some heaven right here on earth. Let me tell you why. Why that's so important. Jesus did not want to be in heaven alone by himself. That's why he came down here to ensure that our future was going to be with him. He had to come and give us a way to get there. Why? Sin separated us. Adam's sin separated us. It broke that eternal hope that we had. But God sent the second man, Adam, to put that bridge back, reconcile us back so that he would be sure that he would no longer be alone in heaven. Remember, he kicked Satan him out in a third of the angels. So he's recruiting right now new people to be with him, to join with the angels, to join with the elders. You know, and that's us, y'all. We're being selected by him every day. We're being called out of darkness by him every day. As long as we keep lifting up his name, there's an assurance that there will be souls saved in this wicked generation, and there will be more death in this wicked generation. Why? Because the judgment of God is, is falling. His word says the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. If you haven't chosen eternal life, then guess what? You are already condemned, and death will come and steal you because you have an adversary out there that goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour, that he might kill, steal, and destroy them. That's not us, y'all. We got a crown in our hand to put on his head, and we come and crown him with glory and honor. We got a crown on our head because Psalms 8 said we have too been crowned with glory and honor just a little bit lower than the angels. But I'm okay with that. We know what happened to the angels. They got full of pride and got kicked out. There are angels right now bowing before him. I don't want to be above the angels. I don't want to be an angel. I want to be what God has called me to be. I want to be more than an ordinary servant. To bring him a crown every day and put it on his head just like they do in heaven. Now, let's get one more verse and then we'll, we'll move from this and, and pray. He says, number three, verse three, he says, And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and the forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth, which were redeemed from the earth. Their love was on the Father. Their love was on the one that they were crowned with glory and honor. Their love was not wavering. Their love was not divided. They loved him because he first loved them. That's the shape we in. And we made a new song unto the Lord this morning. Came with you differently this morning. You know, singing like the redeemed of the Lord. Lord, I want to be more than just an ordinary servant. Lord, I want to bring you a crown too and put it on your head. I want to do what they're doing. I want to be an imitator. Not a frustrator, not to be frustrated. 
I want that blessed assurance, Lord. You know. And so he said, hey, here it is right here, time seven. Okay, let's get another verse right here, and then we're going to pray. Verse four, he says, these are they which were not defiled with women, but they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the lamb. Now, don't freak out about that, okay? What this does is clearly identifies their worship was pure, okay? Don't look at the physical part of it. Look at the spiritual symbolism of it. He's saying their worship was pure. It had not been contaminated. In other words, they didn't fornicate with some other God. They didn't sleep around with some other God. Now, I'm talking about a, like a physical person here. This is about God. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means you didn't fornicate by worshiping and sleeping with no other God, worshiping with no other God, putting no crown on no other God. You know, that's what he's saying there. He's saying that, you know, their worship was pure, okay? Uh, they were followers of him, okay? They were redeemed of God, and they knew they were redeemed, okay? And and when that happens, all of your sin that you committed previous to that, they're gone. You've been redeemed, so you have to worship him like you're redeemed from all that. All of us got to pay. We've been redeemed from it. We've been bought back. Back, all that's forgotten. It's under the blood of Jesus, and He ain't bringing it up no more. So right now, your worship got to be pure. That's why we went through that little drill this morning to make sure, Lord, that we want to be better than just an ordinary servant. We want to be everything You want us to be: sanctified, and You consecrated, separated, dead to the things of this world, feelings and emotions. And we have to learn how to die daily. Amen. So let's go through one more verse here, verse five. And in their mouth was found no guile. Everything was truthful based on the word of God. That's why I tell you, if you can't say nothing that God can use, don't say nothing. Just study to be quiet. Just study to be quiet. First Thessalonians, I think it's 14, says that study to be quiet. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. I talk a lot, but you better believe 99.9% of it's about God. That's the truth, y'all. And he says, and be found with no guile stuff that you can be blamed for, but they are without fault before the throne of God. Blameless, that's what we're aiming at. We are assured, amen, that if the word of God is in our heart, we won't sin against God. When we open our mouth, there won't be no fear, no confusion, no frustration, no agitation. Some people may think you're being a little hard sometimes, a little straightforward, but you got to remember, I got to stand before God too, so my, my can't be no gal in my mouth. It's got to be clear, and I'll take full responsibility. Now, I may have to work on and purge my delivery, but that's God. He's working on me. I remember, I'm still the clay. He's still the potter. If you expect me to be perfect, and don't hold yourself perfect, I'll take the toothpick, toothpick out of my eye, and then I'll come help you get the two by four out of yours. So let's not be judgmental. Let's look at each other, man, and hey, best thing that we can do for each other, man, is learn the word together, grow together in the word. I'm not here to judge you, and, and you know me, I'm after the spirit. All them spirits that got people confused out there, that's, that's my aim and my focus. God has given me the ability to discern some things sometimes, and sometimes it may be, sound like it's you, but you ain't the spirit, you ain't the demon. You may be the one that's influencing some steps in your life, ordering some steps, but I come to assure you that God is in control. Amen. So we're going to end right there in transition uh, this morning that we have seven levels of assurance that God has given us. And we're going to-
going to see come to pass before we see Jesus. And so we need to rest in that and stand on that and remember that and always let that be our guide. What God has assured us, you know, you know, that we have that victory. We stay with him and we stick with him. And remember those precious promises. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We thank the Lord for the word this morning that we are assured times seven. So that means that assurance is complete. The Lord has done everything that he said he was going to do to this point. He's doing everything he said he's going to do right now, actively in our lives every day. He's still working it out. He's finished with us yet. Still molding some of us, shaping us, creating us right now, renewing within us right now, taking us from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. And there's coming a revealing. The lid is going to come off. It's coming off some of you right now. you got glory gushing everywhere. It's because the Lord is on the inside of you. And he's purifying your heart with the word of God. And when God purifies your heart out of the abundance of your heart, just like you used to speak when it wasn't pure, you'll speak again for the Lord. It won't be no doubt. It'll be nothing but the truth. It'll be a reminder of what he said. Amen. And so put your crown back on your head. Put your glory back on your head. The Lord is mindful of you this morning. As David was shocked by that, he said, Father, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm saying the same thing to my Lord. What is man that you are mindful of him? He said, hey, I chose him for her. You didn't. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'm the father, you the clay, you know. You are the redeemer of the Lord. I redeem you from the curse of the Lord. I redeem you from sickness, death, and the grave. I redeem you. And so you crown me with your glory. You crown me with honor. I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. Let me create in you a clean heart and renew within you a right spirit so that you don't forget, you know, who I am. Amen. I am that I am. Be assured of that. You know, man is not in control. I am. Always will be. Always was. Nobody, nobody will ever take his crown away from him again. He's earned it. He died to death. And in the end, he shall be crowned. Amen. As King of kings and Lord of lords for all the world to see. We don't wait. We practice. We rehearse. We do it right now. We bring that crown every morning. We give him glory. We give him honor. We praise accolades on him. You know, accommodations on him. We sing songs, new songs to him. And we say, God, we crown you with glory and honor. It is our privilege, man. Amen. All right, man. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to...